Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. America and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, a lot of people were very upset on the left. How? I mean, why would Ron DeSantis? He just—it's—it's a, it's a joke. It's ridiculous that he would go on Twitter and announce his presidency. Really? Really? Um, I have a pretty good comparison that I'd like to pull out of the history archives and just show you exactly how smart Ron DeSantis was on Twitter last night. We'll do that in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about Preborn. You and I have to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And that is that's seemingly uh, beginning to be a very large number. Um, it's a good description, of course, for the unborn. And that's where Preborn comes in. I don't think there is anything that we could do that would garner God's protection and uh, God's forgiveness on us more than saving his children. And that doesn't mean just the babies. That means the mothers as well and loving the mothers. Because of your generosity, Preborn's network of clinics has rescued over 200,000 babies by introducing their mothers through ultrasounds. Preborn receives no government funding. Uh, They are completely dependent on you and me. And it's 28 bucks for an ultrasound. They offer them to these women who are considering abortion. They offer them for free. It's about a, I think it's about an 80% chance that mom changes her mind. That's amazing. And it is life-saving work. And it goes on after the birth as well. They take care of mom and the baby. This is the work that we should all be involved in. Preborn.com slash Beck. You can go there and find out more about it. You could also make a donation. If you would, $28 could save a baby. Make a donation now. Preborn.com slash Beck. Or hit the keyword baby at pound 250. Pound 250 keyword baby. Sponsored by Preborn. Hello, Stu. How are you? Glenn, how are you? Oh, my gosh. I love technology. Yeah. I love technology. Anyone who tried to uh, do a show throughout mm-hmm. the pandemic remembers mm-hmm. the times like this. The golden yeah. p- pandemic technology where everyone was on Zoom calls and they would crash yeah. all the time. And yeah. Yeah. Ron yeah. Santos got a little taste of that. Yeah, last he night. did. That was fun. Uh, I got a little taste of it, too, because, you know, I don't have a phone. 
I mean, I have a phone, but I never use it. And I, I had to go look for the phone last night because the platform is not available for iPads. Really? Yeah. So I couldn't get it. I had to go get the, find my phone and then try to find platforms. And I'm, look, I'm, I am not a spring chicken here. Right. We, you know, I started a tech company mm. and I have no idea how to use this tech. No, you do no. not. You do not. And, and I wear it as a badge of honor, quite honestly, that I don't have a phone. There was about 20 minutes there where it didn't seem like Elon Musk knew how to use it either. Yeah, it uh, was but- <laughs> uh, It was kind of really, really bad for DeSantis in a way. I mean, I joke about it. It's, look, no one remembers this if DeSantis does well. Right? Like, this is... Oh, yeah. You know, it's the no, same he's thing. going to remember this anyway. Yeah. They're going to remember five him. second attention span. They're right? going to remember him as the first guy to ever use social media to announce a presidency and go directly to the people and not uh, to uh, either a crowd covered by mainstream media and take questions from those people yeah. on day one. In a live event. I mean, Live. I, there's not a lot of people who announce in, a, in an event where they take questions at all. Right. Right. I mean, that's not usually what you do. You t- it's very, very planned. You roll it out right. perfectly. And that didn't happen last night. You see the reason why that doesn't happen, right? Yeah. A 20-minute tech delay is one of the reasons why people yeah. don't do it that way. But again, who cares at the end of the day? It's a minor blip on the radar. I mean, they 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 had hundreds of millions of dollars poured into Obamacare and years to prepare, and they launched the site, and it didn't work for weeks. Well, and, it's working and no as well. Now. It's working as well as the uh, the electric buses that schools are exactly. getting all over the country. Exactly. Okay, so um, let me just say this about DeSantis and what he just did. I think this was a brilliant move. Uh, Elon Musk is not a Republican. I'm not even sure if he's a conservative, but he believes in the Bill of Rights, at least so far. I mean, he describes himself as a moderate. How many conservatives do you know that describe themselves as moderates? Yeah. Very few. Very few. Um, And Elon Musk is exactly the kind of guy that you need uh, to be able to expand the base. You have to take the base from conservatives and get the independents. And also get the youth. Here is, do you remember what, uh, let me pull this out of the history vault. Do you remember what the genius move was by Bill Clinton? Arsenio Hall. Arsenio (laughs) Hall. I remember that. Arsenio Hall and MTV. Mm. And he was the first president to go on MTV. He was asked about boxers or briefs. Yeah. And I remember at the time, we're like, the pre- you asking the president that? What? And of course, the left loved it. Oh, my gosh. Why did they love it? Because he was going to the new tech. He was going to the younger base for the first time. Bob Dole wasn't going on MTV. He wasn't going on Arsenio Hall. And he went on Arsenio Hall, and what did he do? He played his saxophone. This is the Arsenio Hall or the MTV moment, and it's a, it's a conservative that is doing it. It is a conservative that is getting rid of... Th- this is the exact... This is what conservatives should be. Conservatives are supposed to be the guardians 
of all of the things in our society that are traditional and have value. Progressives are the ones that are supposed to be looking towards the future. Okay? You need both sides. Because if you just jettison all of the things that are good in a society, you get America 2023. We are jettisoning everything that is good. There's some things that should be thrown out. Here is a conservative saying, you know, the mainstream media is not needed anymore. I don't need to talk to both sides when it comes to the media. I'll talk directly to the people. You know, um, he's the really, I think, the first politician that just ignores the mainstream media. He's not trying to get in with anybody. He doesn't, you know, he's he's not like, oh, maybe this time the New York Times is going to be nice to me. He's just like, screw you. I don't need you. That's a massive shift. And if it works, that is the end of the uh, network system and the big media, because if if it if it works and he becomes the president of the United States. I don't think he's calling on them. That'd be nice. Kick him out of the front row for once. It, you know, it's, it was interesting watching the coverage of this thing last night. I mean, let me let me give you some of the just it's all snark. This is just from the New York Times reporters. Like, mm-hmm. listen to some of these these points that they made during the Twitter uh, Spaces conversation. DeSantis is a no on central bank digital digital currency for the Americans wondering about that. That's uh, Jonathan <laughs> Wiseman. A lot of Americans are wondering about that. And like, I will admit, and I think it's true, that the American people generally are not talking about a central bank digital currency. No, but, but anyone who is informed. Yeah. And you know who is? People who are definitely voting in the Republican primary, mm-hmm. right? That's who he's speaking to here. He mm-hmm. wants people who, who might vote in the Republican primary Correct. to know he's on top of these issues, right? This whole audience here, Glenn Beck program, knows a lot about it. You talk about it all the time. And a lot of times, this is where these stories start, right? They start as something that, you know, you bring up and we talk about for a while and no one knows what it is. I mean, Common Core, uh, you know. Common Core, which was nobody was talking about. It's a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Oh, turns out to be true. And uh, you the have ESG reset. and the, the Great ESG. Reset. It's a conspiracy theory. It's not happening. Oh, it's true. It doesn't matter. Done. Everything over and over and over again. And now they're doing it with cryptocurrency. Yeah, that, that was another one they talked about um, in here. Uh, if you're wondering how this event is going, now they're talking about Bitcoin. Like these are <laughs> This is the coverage from New York Times reporters that are supposed to be telling you the facts about what's going on. We could go on for hours here, Sachs says, in what is hopefully not a warning. Like, oh my gosh. It's incredible. Like It was all... Uh, so who, uh, would not have had debanking on my DeSantis presidential campaign kickoff bingo card. Like, what? What is this? Is this coverage? Dana Lash, a major gun rights activist, is speaking about the activist-guided financial institutions and ESG investing. A little niche. A little niche. I, uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm not, these are basically all in a row from these reporters. I'm not even cherry picking here. DeSantis denounces the accreditation cartels, which I'm guessing is the first time that phrase has been used in a presidential announcement. Like These are really important issues. They're just mocking them. I think half of them have no idea what they are. This is the New York Times.
This is not some, you know, some left, this is not some bunch of left-wing bloggers, supposedly, but you know what? Maybe they are. You know, I have to tell you, uh, you're going to love the show. If you're with Stu's mindset today, because my, my, we've apparently done some sort of Vulcan mind meld today yeah. because we're on exactly the same page. And uh, I think there is time to revive the scientific uh, method. And uh, I'm going to take you through that. It's, it's, it's really time to start using the scientific, scientific method because you will see how wrong they are and why everything is falling apart now in America. I also am uh, going <laughs> to go in quite deep next hour uh, with the Hunter Biden. Did you see the Hunter Biden uh, whistleblower from Monday? It's amazing. I can't believe that's uh, happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this is a new whistleblower from the IRS. CBS News, the evening news, did like three and a half minutes on it. <laughs> they haven't even mentioned Hunter Biden. They did three and a half minutes, and this guy, CBS, presented him as credible, uh, presented it as a big deal, uh, and it is it. This could be the thing that makes all of it come undone because this involves the DOJ. The IRS is saying the whistleblower at the IRS said, "I can't. I just couldn't live with myself anymore." He said, "Every time we would start doing our job, the DOJ would come in." And say, you got to do this. And it would always fall in favor of the suspect. He couldn't say it was Hunter Biden. Um, he said of the suspect that we were investigating every single time. He said they finally I, he said I had a red line in in me and he said they crossed it. And I said, I'm done. I'm done. This, this is corruption now. Uh, and uh, this this thing could take the entire administration down. I, you know, we said this before. Yep. This is the type of said weird it the thing. First yep. time, yeah. The, it's the type of weird story that no one pays attention to when it happens, but could wind up blowing up an entire administration. Because you know what, we we talked about the press conference that they had uh, with the the committee, and it was like, okay, here's the flow chart, and here's the banking records, and blah 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 blah. Here's the easy thing. You can summarize it for everybody and everybody understands it. You don't fire people that are investigating your son, hmm. right? It's so blatantly obvious. Well, that the, why, if, why? If the, he if, got away with it in, in Ukraine, he, I know, had I, got the, he got the prosecutor fired and everyone cheered. I know, but it, it, this is this is different. The prosecutor in Ukraine, people don't understand. This is a, a story where like it's his own son. He controls the people who were investigating him, and he fired everyone responsible for it. I mean, that is, it's so clear to everyone that that is wrong. I know. And it's not the worst thing he's ever done. He's done much worse stuff than that. But it's so clear to everyone. You can explain it in one sentence. I mean, I bet they're scared of this one. If, if it played out the way it seems like it did. So uh, Ron DeSantis is joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, I want to talk to him about the economy. I want to talk to him about the deep state and all of this stuff. When I, when I show you next hour, what is coming down the pike? What the, the Democrats have coming against them? Uh, 
it's shocking the corruption that is happening uh that will do next hour ron DeSantis joins us in just a couple of minutes stand by first let me tell you about rough greens how often do you find yourself just going through the motions when it comes to feeding your dog bowl is empty grab the old bag of kibble and just fill her up right but is that healthy for your dog you could be buying really good kibble but everything that is in a kibble bag has to be uh, sterilized to the point to where it can sit on a grocer's shelf for two years. There ain't anything alive in that. So Rough Greens put, puts all of that stuff that's been cooked out back into your kibble food. Rough Greens, full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants. Your dogs love it. At least my dog does. Everybody I know who has a dog who has tried this, they say the same thing. My gosh, my dog just wolfs this stuff down. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement you put on your kibble food. You'll get your first bag free. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN33. That's R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck, 833-GLEN33. 10 seconds, station ID. Now, uh, let's not uh, kid ourselves if you are, were excited about Ron DeSantis yesterday. He has a lot of work in front of him to get past Donald Trump in the primary. Oh, yeah. Every poll shows that he is way behind Donald Trump. The polls aren't all that important right now. I mean, he just announced yesterday, and it's important to keep that in mind. But Donald Trump has proven to be a very good campaigner, especially against Republicans. Yeah, and you know, just fundamentally, the guy is the former president of the United States. Yeah, He, He enters this race as the overwhelming favorite. Overwhelming. I mean, he comes in with what's the floor for Donald Trump in a state? 35%? If if you're starting at 35% in a field of what is going to be probably 20 people, you have a really good chance of winning. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really, really hard to defeat Donald Trump in this primary. And if he loses, you know, he... It's his to lose. Let's put it that way. I agree. He can lose this thing. But like, if you were to say this, uh, Glenn, if you were going to do a draft pick here and pick the best month of campaigning that Donald Trump ever put together, I would argue the first pick of that draft is the last month of the 2016 election cycle, where he had the uh, the tape, the Access yeah. Hollywood tape, and then he was like, holy crap, I better button myself up and not make any mistakes. Agree. And he that last month, he was solid. Mm-hmm. And he won that election. Mm-hmm. If he ran this primary like that month, he would have no chance of losing. So this is what I'm saying. He had, it is his to lose. He can easily lose it if, he, if he's sloppy, if he makes mistakes, if others are able to... Uh, cite his weaknesses, it would be hard for Ron DeSantis to overcome that. Um, But, you know, look, we know Donald Trump has not had every month like that. And so he is vulnerable. He can lose. But, man, he can't. People, I think, look at this as like, oh, it's DeSantis versus Trump. And it is in some ways because no one else seems to have a chance. You remember what the Democrats did with Bernie Sanders? They they cleared the field. They cleared the field. Mm -hmm. Everybody off. Mm Mm-hmm. So they could get the candidate they wanted because they were bifurcating all of the vote. 
and we're walking in with about 20 people. And that could bifurcate. It will bifurcate the the, uh, vote. Now, how long does that go on? If you have people that are hanging on till the bitter end, you could you could hurt uh, DeSantis. Yeah. You could hurt Trump. And remember, the media cycle itself is a wholly owned subsidiary of Donald Trump. He runs it. Whatever he says (laughs) is the media cycle. If he says something controversial, Ron DeSantis will spend the rest of his day answering for whatever Donald Trump said. Yeah. It is all he controls this media cycle. And and that is such an incredible advantage. So, I mean, so right now, it's going to be difficult for DeSantis. The poll numbers stand at 56 Trump, DeSantis 25. Um, However, if you go head to head uh, with uh, uh, Biden, it shows a different story in the general election. Biden, I don't believe I just don't believe this, but Biden still beats Trump 48 to 46. Two percent point uh, margin unchanged since the last time Quinnipiac did the poll. Meanwhile, DeSantis narrowly edges out Biden 47 to 46 in the general, and that is up. Again, when you have a poll this early for a general election, there's very little value of it. I will say this. Um, you know, DeSantis could go way up from that or way down from that. That 48 number for Biden in a Trump-Biden campaign is pretty solid. It's yeah. not going to move much from 47 48%. Obviously, you can win when your opponent has 47 or 48%, but the window is small. DeSantis could do much better than that, but also could do much worse. He hasn't been tested here. We're about to see... He's about to jump into that fire as he did last night, and uh, it's going to be an amazing next year of this. As he jumps into our skillet. There we go. Next. The Glenn Beck Program. Okay, Ron DeSantis coming up in a couple minutes. Uh, Some breaking news, though, from GenuCell. They've upgraded their most popular package featuring their top-selling deep-firming vitamin C serum plus ultra-retinol moisturizer for 70% off. Why waste time and money? Go get work done to your face when you can go get GenuCell skincare shipped right to your door. Here's a GenuCell review from Robert in Blessing, Texas. I purchased GenuCell as a gift for my girlfriend. She said she saw results fast, so we joined their concierge program immediately. It's honestly the best skincare she's ever used, and she's extremely impressed. Her skin is noticeably softer and smoother. She was already beautiful, and GenuCell has made her even more beautiful. GenuCell's secret is a family recipe going back over 20 years. It's safe for all skin types and perfect for both men and women. You can check it out today and see what GenuCell can do for you. Visit GenuCell.com slash Beck and save over 70% off GenuCell's most popular package featuring their ultra retinol and GenuCell Firming Serum. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck and get a complimentary spa essentials box with every package order, plus a free upgrade to priority shipping. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck Right now, GenuCell.com slash Beck to save over 70% at G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Beck. All right, America. Ron DeSantis joins us next. And you can see it all on BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida announced yesterday he is uh, formally 
announced that he is running for president of the United States. And so it begins. Uh, and it's going to be an interesting 18 months. Uh, welcome to the program, Governor DeSantis. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Glenn. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, enjoyed it. Not the first 20 minutes. That must have been incredibly frustrating uh, for you uh, with the technical problems. But uh, it was the largest audience gathered on uh, Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of sitting in in Tallahassee, like I, I didn't really know what was going on because they Twitter handled all of that, and they were just getting so many people uh, above and beyond what they've ever gotten that I think it kind of melted melted the servers. Yeah. But they were able to to correct it, and we were able to to do an announcement that uh, I think you know, obviously, I laid out the case at the beginning for for five or six minutes, but then we were able to to talk about actual issues that that people uh, should care about, and um, I think it's now up to eight or nine million people have viewed it across some of the the platforms that have that have featured it and obviously when elon's involved you get a lot of buzz out of it so we're getting huge feedback and raising money and doing all that uh which is great we were talking uh, earlier today Stu and i about about this choice that you have always had this approach where you don't care what the new york times says you're not sitting down trying to get you know a a puff piece out of the New York Times, you know, you're not going to get one. So you, you just ignore them. And I think that's re- I think that's really, really smart, but very different. This, too, I think is going to be remembered as the Clinton MTV or uh, or uh, Arsenio Hall program. This is really smart to do. Does this uh, is this a sign the end of the mainstream media going right straight to people? Well, I think what Elon's done is he's opened up Twitter. I mean, the social networks, when they first came on the scene, had a lot of potential because we could go around legacy media and we could converse with ourselves. And that was a big threat to them. And so they really helped lobby uh, companies like Facebook to start censoring. And then it got to the point where not only were they trying to enforce a narrative, the tech companies were colluding with federal agencies like the FBI and the CDC to censor and stifle dissent. Uh, and so Elon, I think, has put his money where his mouth is, gotten one of those platforms and opened it up. So I think open platforms are good for conservatives because it allows us to go around the filter. Uh, but I do think we have a huge battle on our hands about tech censorship writ large. What Elon's done is great, but how many people are worth $250 billion or they could afford to just wait, you know, put $54 billion down to buy a social platform? Um, and so... Tech censorship, I think, is going to continue to be an issue. Uh, I think we've not dealt with it in Florida. We're going to do more as, as president, of course, to make sure that the First Amendment actually means something, because you can't let the government subcontract out censorship to Silicon Valley yeah. and say you still have a First Amendment. OK, so so let me talk to you about the the government, FBI, DOJ, IRS, NSA, CIA, ATF. Everything, even the Capitol Police now are an intelligence gathering agency. How do you even run a campaign when you know the all of government approach to the last election? Um, How do you how do you if you win, how do you dismantle this? Because it's it's almost like a unplug it and plug it back in and reset it to factory settings. I mean, it's cleaning house. 
And I think that this is this is a fundamental problem. So we will look at like an example of weaponization, which is obviously many examples, uh, but that's kind of the end point. Like, why are we here? And the reason that we're here is because uh, we have these agencies that have been detached from constitutional accountability. There was never supposed to be a fourth branch of government, but Congress has not held them accountable with the power of the purse or with legislating more precisely. And presidents have not been willing to wield Article II power to discipline the bureaucracy. So I think I'll come in and on day one, we'll be spitting nails. I understand and all your listeners should understand that if we do everything right, if we're disciplined, if we're strong as anyone could be, it still takes a two-term project. I think it takes eight years to be able to reconstitutionalize this government. But the question it raises is, do we govern ourselves or do we not? Because right now, the most significant issues tend not to be resolved by our elected representatives. They're done by these bureaucrats and through these agencies. And so it's really I think, a crisis of self-government. Now, what you have with uh, lack of accountability, you just have a consolidated uh, consolidation of power amongst people that all have the same worldview. And so their worldview is different than our worldview, and they view people like us as, as factions that they want to exert power over. And so the weaponization, I think, flows from, from human nature. So what would I do, you know, day one? First of all, I already, already said new FBI director, day one. That is a no-brainer. You've got to do that. I'll have an attorney general that has a backbone, uh, an attorney general that recognizes if you are doing your job properly, you are going to be pilloried by the Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN. And so if that's not something that you're, you're comfortable with, then don't even apply for this job. Understand you're going into the lion's den. These people do not want to give up this power willingly. And so they're going to smear you. They're going to attack you. So I think getting the personnel right, uh, if you can't do that, then it's just not going to work at all. Second thing, I think, is you've got to be willing to use Article II authority to its fullest extent. The idea that some FBI agent can collude with a tech company to censor like Hunter Biden, you should be firing these people. You have the authority to do it. Yes, it'll be contested. They'll sue you. Uh, but who gets the, the Article II power? The person that wins the Electoral College or some middle managing bureaucrat um, in the IRS or, or the FBI? So asserting that authority, uh, making sure that you have political control over those agencies, that is a huge battle. Uh, it's something you got to be disciplined about. It's something you got to be strategic about. Uh, but I th- And it's not something that anyone's really tried to do because, you know, it, these are tough fights. I mean, right. it's like trench warfare and you got to be ready on day one. And we will. And incidentally, who's the attorney general? Very important. But it's also important who's in, you know, a step or two below that across all these agencies. And I think you need to have thousands of people ready to go. Uh, so are you, thinking, on- you know, one of the things that really bothers me about the Republicans is the Democrats were game gaming and putting everything in into, uh, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, the Obama bill. When he walked in, that thing was 2000 pages long. They had worked on that for years. Are you assembling teams and talking about what to do and so you could just launch if you would win? 
Absolutely. And so, first of all, uh, we're working with allied conservative organizations who are already collecting resumes from people around the country. And I'll, I will have a message if I'm in, you know, if I'm in Nevada, I'm going to say, look, some of you who are in this audience, you may need to pick up your family and move to Washington, D.C. for two, four, six years because you can't just recycle everybody from D.C. No. It's not going to change if that's the case. And so you really need to have most of these people descending on D.C. Uh, from outside the country. What we're also going to do is um, I'll issue a directive to all these agencies that they need to reduce the footprint of their agencies in D.C. by at least 50 percent. Oh, my gosh. Uh, because, because I think what's happened is, you know, the growth, the, the government, the size of it is one thing, of course, but the consolidation of it in Washington, I think, has been totally toxic. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a place in Washington, D.C., it votes 95 percent Democrat. Um, I think Trump got four or five percent of the vote in 2020. And so this is totally not represented, representative of the public as a whole. Um, and I think the founders would look at that and I think they would see like that is a huge, huge problem. So, cons- so uh, dispersing power out of D.C., yes, reducing the government overall, but whatever government you have, we want less consolidation in D.C., so, and I think that that will make a difference. So, Governor, the one thing that Donald Trump will have going for him in spades is the economy. People will trust him on the economy. He's already done it once. He's known as a businessman. Um, what are you bringing to the table uh, to this all-out war on the American dream corporations have been weaponized red tape all of the stuff that's going on you'll have the fed against you the big banks how do you change the economy well look i would i would just say push back a little bit i mean i think he did great for three years but when he turned the country over to fauci in march of 2020 that destroyed millions of people's lives and in florida we were one of the few that stood up cut against the grain took incoming fire from media, bureaucracy, the left, even a lot of Republicans, had schools open, preserved businesses. And so Florida, since COVID, has outperformed virtually any state in the country when you look at all these significant metrics. I mean, we're booming. We've got people moving in here. Uh, wealth is coming in here. And so I think when people look back, you know, that 2020 year uh, was yeah. not a good year for the country as a whole. Uh, it was a, a situation where Florida st- started to stand alone. So I think that that's important contrast. Now, going forward, yes, you rip up what Biden's done on day one with things like energy. They are trying to price middle-class people out of having a middle-class standard of living. We're not going to force people to buy electric vehicles. Uh, we're going to make sure that people have a choice to have affordable transportation. Uh, we absolutely reduce uh, federal spending. We're going to fight with the Congress on that. I mean, I think the debt has gone up under both Republican and Democrat. I mean, we act like it's just Biden, you know, went up $8 trillion, the debt under Trump as well. And so we've got to stop doing that. That has absolutely driven the inflation since March of 2020 with all the borrowing and spending. I also think we need to have the Federal Reserve focus on stable money and stop trying to be the economic central planner. You look at how much money they've printed since COVID, of course you're going to get inflation uh, when that happens. So you need a major overhaul uh, with the Federal Reserve. And so, and then yes, fighting woke capital, 
Woke capital is absolutely bad for the average American because they're pursuing an ideological agenda to achieve ideological left-wing goals uh, that are going to make it harder for the average American family to make ends meet. Um, May I ask you a a question? First of all, we are doing um, uh, sit-downs with each candidate. You've already done one, but as governor, not as a candidate. Will you sit down uh, and just talk about your policies with me? Um, oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Would you, would you be for uh, a, a uh, de- debate or a roundtable uh, hosted by, for instance, us that would not necessarily get the backing of the Republicans? I think the Republican Party is uh, controls these debates so much then we keep going back to the mainstream media and i don't understand why you guys should absolutely do a debate and the rnc should sanction it i mean here's the thing glenn with 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 corporate media they some will say because i say they shouldn't be involved in our process because they're they're hostile to to us as republicans Mm -hmm. they have a partisan agenda which is fine it's a free country and people say, oh, well, you just don't want them to ask Republicans tough questions. No, their gotcha questions are not tough questions. Their questions are designed to further a narrative. Correct. Their questions, though, are not illuminating to Republican primary Correct. voters because Correct. they're not one of us. And so when you have people who live in kind of our world, you are going to be asking the tougher questions. They're not going to be gotcha questions, but they're going to be substantive and they're going to require candidates to actually go beneath a talking point to talk about their vision for the country on these various issues. And so I think you guys should do it. You know, I'd love to be a part of it, but I absolutely think the RNC should sanction it uh, because you've seen what happened in 2015 or 16 with some of those debates. It was a mockery uh, what what these legacy media outs are doing. And their whole goal is to try to make the Republican candidates look as as ridiculous as possible. Right. They do not want us to be to look like, you know, we're serious people. Uh, they want to be able to plow the field to get Biden reelected. So we know that that's our, their agenda. So why would you want to give them uh, right. a platform to be able well, to be involved in our process? I can tell you in Florida, we had four congressional seats that were open seats. Republicans ended up winning and there were primaries in all of them. We sanctioned debates with the state party um, and we had conservative uh, journalists and moderators doing the debates. And guess what? They were great substantive debates and the issues that people actually care about in our party were discussed. Well, I will tell you that uh, as we took a stand for Harmeet Dillon, we didn't make uh, any friends at the GOP national level. But um, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Congratulations on uh, the rollout yesterday. Uh, we look uh, look forward to hearing more from you um, and uh, all the best. Now, we'll definitely sit down with you, and I'd love for all your folks out there, invest with us at rondesantis.com. We'd love to have your support. I pledge, you nominate me, we will win, we'll go in on day one, and we'll get all this done. Very good. Thank you very much, Governor. God bless. Thanks. God bless. All right. Ron DeSantis, more on this in uh, coming up in just a minute. First, let me tell you about LifeLock. You and I both know that cyber criminals can ruin your life. But did you know they can also hurt your feelings in the process? A lot of time, they're stealing all that information of yours, you know, the stuff that will make your world crumble into dust, and they're selling it on the dark web for like 10 cents. I mean, it's a little insult. 
you're going to destroy my life. Can you charge, I don't know, even a buck? It's important to understand how cybercrime identity theft are affecting your life. No one can stop it, but I think the best in the business is LifeLock. Join now. 25% off your first year with promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25% now. The Glenn Beck Program. Hey, if you're someone who takes shooting seriously, you know that getting good requires a lot of practice. And a lot of practice used to mean, you know, spending money on ammunition, a lot of it, and going to the range and paying all those fees. Well, until iTarget came along, that's the way it was. Now it's different. If you've seen these competitive shooters practice on TV, these timing drills or on the range, you can do that type of thing at home you know, without firing actual ammunition. You're not going to waste all that money. You're not going to put holes in your walls. Um, this is iTarget Cube. And iTarget Cube, you have, uh, if you don't know what iTarget Pro is, you have these laser bullets that go in your real weapon uh, and you fire them. Um, and it will show your accuracy. Well, iTarget Cube takes this to the next level. You can get a three pack for a truly unique training experience. And you put these things around your house, you connect them to your Wi Fi, and it's like a really fun game, basically, but you're actually practicing and getting better. Uh, with your firearm. This is something that's really important. If you want to be a responsible gun owner, you need to know what you're doing. And this is, uh, you know, there's so many benefits of, of staying in practice. Uh, and you can do this with iTarget Pro without any of the drawbacks. Try it. Uh, right now, you can save 10% uh, plus free shipping with the offer code BLAZE10 when you go to iTargetPro.com. iTarget comes in all the most po- popular calibers, so you can train with really pretty much any, any firearm. Check it out. It's itargetpro.com. The letter I, targetpro.com. The code is Blaze10. Welcome to the Glenbeck program. Uh, my just initial thoughts, rock solid. Yeah, this is a guy who deserves to be taken seriously and deserves to be yeah. in this conversation. He does not avoid hard questions. I loved his answer about the debates. Ask not gotcha questions, but hard questions. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. He's smart. He knows these issues. Uh, and look, his record in Florida deserves, uh, you know, this type of attention. This show went national because we were in Florida yeah. uh, during the election, during the hanging chads. Yeah. Uh, and how much did he win that that district? Oh, I don't remember the district, but he won the state by, what, 537 votes? Oh, yeah, w. but I think in Palm Beach County, I think he... I don't even remember. Creamed, Chris. I th- oh, you're, you're talking about now with DeSantis. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was a guy. We started the show talking about hanging chads in Florida, and then DeSantis just won the state by 20 points. That's notable. <laughs> the Glenn Beck Program. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? 
Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. From behind my cardboard microphone, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, my friends, uh, not only on the uh, Blaze Radio Network, the premier radio network, but also, yes, on Twitter Spaces. We've made it, gang. We have made it. Uh, we're glad that you're listening. I've, I have some unusual stories to present, and I like to refresh everyone on the scientific method because there are some very bizarre stories. And we go there in 60 seconds. Summer is here. That means your kids and grandkids are going to get out of school. Long break. Start the summer out right by getting them going on the Tuttle Twins books. We love the Tuttle Twins books. A lot of the people here at The Blaze read them to their kids. Uh, they are amazing supplements to what your kids are learning in school about their country, assuming they're going to a school where they're learning about their country. I mean, in a positive way. If they're not... Wow, these are going to be eye-opening books for your kids. They will dispel the myths about this country your child is picking up at school. So it is important to raise your kids to love, respect, and want to defend America and our Constitution. What it's meant to be. In order to do that, they have to know about it. Tuttle Twins can help with that. The icing on the cake is they're going to have a great time reading them along the way. Get the Tuttle Twins uh, books, the bundle of 13 books. You'll save 35% at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You get the 13 books, including the latest 12 Rules Boot Camp based on Jordan Peterson's book. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. All right, Stu. So I've got a few questions. Speaking to CBS News. The IRS whistleblower revealed himself. Now, this just happened. This is a new guy since Monday. Okay. Has revealed himself as a supervisory special agent, Gary Shapley. He is part of the IRS's criminal investigations department. He is a 14-year veteran at the agency and currently oversees a 12-man team that specializes in international tax and financial crimes. He told CBS News that he began documenting his concerns about the Hunter Biden investigation in June 2020, five months after being assigned the sensitive investigation. There were multiple steps that kept being slow walked. We were they were just completely not done. And it was happening at the direction of the Department of Justice. 
When I took control of this particular investigation, I immediately saw deviations from the normal process. It was way outside the norm of what I've experienced in the past. So this is his first interview. He sits down with CBS and uh, they take him seriously and treat him seriously. He said each and every time it seemed to always benefit the subject. And I got to the point where that switch was turned on with me and I couldn't stay silent anymore. So we now know we have the IRS along with the Department of Justice uh, doing all kinds of uh, all kinds of things that they shouldn't be doing on the Hunter Biden uh, front. But it's not just Hunter Biden. IRS investigation uh, into Matt Taibbi. Here's the latest on that. On Wednesday, yesterday, the House Judiciary Committee sent a letter to the IRS commissioner demanding all documents and communications related to the agency's decision to launch an investigation into Matt Taibbi. Now, who's Matt Taibbi? Matt Taibbi is a journalist He's always been kind of a left kind of guy, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, And he has, you know, been red-pilled. And he's not a conservative. He's just telling the truth. And he's being a journalist. Uh, He is the guy that really tried to make sense um, uh, of the Twitter files. He was one of the leaders on that. According to the letter, the IRS's inquiry was initiated December 24th, 2022. That is the same day that Taibbi released the report detailing the collusion between Twitter and the federal government. Subtle, guys. Yeah, very subtle. Well, it was not only on the same day. It was December 24th. So it was Christmas Eve. I don't know about you, but there's not a lot of work going on on Christmas Eve. But the IRS are busting their ass, okay? (laughs) December 24th. And it was a Saturday. So somebody was burning the midnight. It might have been Bob Cratchit because he was afraid and he wanted the extra scuttle of coal from the IRS. So the documents passed on to Twitter by the FBI-led Foreign Influence Task Force Taibbi revealed Twitter was receiving content recommendations, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Joe Biden and the energy company Burisma. The report also showed that Twitter, along with Facebook and dozens of other tech-related firms, regularly attended FITF-led gatherings where companies often received an OGA briefing. What is an OGA briefing? That is a euphemism for intelligence services in general. In particular, the CIA. So the IRS has said, yes, we sent the letter on the 24th. Okay. And that was nine days after he filed his 2018 tax return. Um, But they said, we called him over and over again to verify his return because um, it meant it met identity theft criteria and we couldn't process it. Nine days. Days after they get this return to them, nine days on Christmas Eve, on a Saturday, the IRS is like, we just can't wait any longer. We just we can't do it. We've got to process this. 
because we're concerned about him. This 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 IRS form looks like it might have been identity theft. So he says they never reached out to call them uh, to call. Um, They said we did it twice and then we just had to send agents over. These guys are bending over backwards. It's really nice of them to spend all that uh, that individual very, time on one person like that. Nice. Now the tactics in which they used, um, apparently, now we know to dig up any dirt they could find on Taibbi. Um, the agent assigned from the IRS was instructed to perform an extensive investigation, which include using publicly available search engines, commercial investigative software. Uh, Consumer Affairs, LexisNexis, and Google. The documents provided to the committee also purportedly show the agency kept a dossier on Taibbi, including information such as his phone number, voter registration records, whether he had a concealed weapons permit, and whether he had hunting or fishing licenses. I don't know. That seems like maybe they weren't concerned about identity fraud. So you have now two cases of the IRS just today that I can report on. Now, the FBI has just demanded answers uh, from, uh, sorry, the Republicans have just demanded answers from the FBI on the January 6th pipe bomb investigation. Andy Biggs, Jim Jordan, and Bill Posey wrote to the FBI and Director Ray saying, we have been asking for an update on the pipe bomber. We have witnesses or we have whistleblowers that are saying, you ain't doing jack on this. In fact, the whistleblower testimony on the investigation on the unusual character including one disclosure that revealed that the Washington field office asked the FBI field offices to canvas all confidential human source nationwide for information about the individual that might have put the pipe bomb out a year after they laid the bomb. Now, you would think that this would be something they were all on top of, but they waited a year Still no motive, still nothing. Uh, A former FBI assistant director said they should have yielded some results by this point. But gosh darn it, they just can't find it. Now, couple it with this last story. And tell me you've seen anything like these stories so far. Okay, I've seen... I've seen people in the Tea Party targeted during the Obama administration. Before that, I had never seen it before in my life. Okay? So I had seen that. Got it. I have not seen uh, the Justice Department go in and stop an investigation by the IRS. That's totally new. Um, I have not seen anything like what the FBI has been doing lately. And the pipe bomb and the January 6th, and they can't find the people who are burning churches. But gosh darn it, they can find those peoples that have violated the FACE Act. Now this one. The alleged neo-Nazi accused of ramming a rented U-Haul truck into the White House security barriers is being held in federal jail 
pending a detention hearing next week. Sai Kandula, 19, not an American citizen, I believe from India. He appeared in federal court yesterday. He is from Missouri. If you don't know this story, it is bizarre. He slammed a box truck. Now, a box truck, it was either a rider or a U-Haul, and clearly marked it's a moving truck. Now, when I think of somebody going after a federal building in a movie truck, in a moving truck, especially with the information that the FBI knows that 60,000 tons of ammonium nitrate have just disappeared from the railway. Have you heard that story? 60,000 tons, it's on the loose, and somebody pulls a giant uh, U-Haul van and is trying to break through the fences of the White House and get close to the White House. As a police officer, investigator, Secret Service, what is your first thought? There's fertilizer in the back of that U-Haul truck. Okay? That when I saw the U-Haul truck, that was the first thing I thought of was Timothy McVeigh. Okay? And I know that 60,000 tons of that fertilizer has just gone missing. Okay, so he slammed it into the barriers along Lafayette Square. He alleged allegedly has planned this attack for six months. We know because of his writing that has been released, can't get anything from Nashville, but this guy, he had to get to the White House, seize power and be put in charge of the nation. So immediately, I think the guy has mental problems. He was accused of threatening, accused of threatening to kill the president if that's what I have to do. He praised Hitler and Nazism. He is not a white guy. He was originally charged with threatening to kill, kidnap, or inflict harm on the president, vice president, or family members, as well as an assault with a dangerous weapon, reckless operation of a motor vehicle, trespassing, and destruction of federal property. That's what he was charged with. Does all of that make sense so far? Okay, I can't place the Nazi flag. And the other thing that bothered me was the fact that if I am in charge of the White House and I have access to all of this information, if Glenn Beck knows that 60,000 tons of ammonium nitrate is missing and I see that rider truck or that U-Haul truck, I immediately... Say, get the hell away from that truck. Back everybody out. Back, get everyone out of Lafayette Square. Now, we have seen pictures of what happens next because they only backed people up a little bit. And this is where it really gets hinky. We'll talk about it in 60 seconds. First, when do you think Mike Lindell is done? He goes on, comes up with something else better. I am wearing his slippers. I have I bought a pair that look like moccasins because I think I can I think I can get away with can it. Pull it off. I can pull mm-hmm. I can pull off wearing slippers all the time. These things are so 
comfortable. So comfortable. If you haven't tried them, you need to. Now, they not only are are great and everything else, they usually go for, I don't know, a lot of bucks. Um, but he's got he's got them on sale. I, I think they're still on sale. I know he's going for the, you know, the towel set, which I used this morning. Uh, he's going for the towel set, blah, blah, blah. You can get 25 bucks, a six towel set. But if you haven't gotten the sneakers yet, if they're still on sale, you need to get those. You find out all of the sales, all the deals they have going on, mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. Get the clearance price of 25 bucks on the towel set. Check out the slippers as well. Enter the promo code Beck at checkout or call 800 966 3117. 800 966 3117. Do it now, mypillow.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So my first question is, the park police that are guarding Lafayette Square and the Secret Service at the White House, everybody involved in protecting the White House, they see this truck, they got a guy who's pulled out a Nazi flag out of his backpack, they put him to the ground, then they display the Nazi flag. Never seen that before. They lay it out nicely on the ground because they've only backed the people up a little bit, so people are taking pictures of it. Then... What what do you think would be done with that truck? I would think you would call the bomb squad and you would say, get to the White House. We have a truck. There may be a bomb in it. And you would have video of that little robot coming to open that door, right? And you probably wouldn't have video except from the robot because you would have moved people out at least a block away. They didn't do that. Instead, they just open up the door and then they start rifling through stuff and taking stuff out and putting it out almost like you do when you, you know, you've confiscated drugs so the media can come in and take pictures of it. They lay it out. I've never seen that before. Never seen that before. Okay, so we either have out of control police that are working for the safety of our president who should not be there because what the hell are you doing? Why are you up? Where was the bomb squad? But then it gets really weird. Yesterday, the DOJ takes his charges, remember, charged with threatening to kill, kidnap, or inflict harm on a president, vice president, or family member, as well as assault with a dangerous weapon, reckless operation of a motor vehicle, trespassing, and destruction of federal property. He planned it for six months. They downgraded his federal charges to a single count of destruction of federal property. Can somebody help me with that? They have been trying to put people who are trying to, who are extremists, white nationalists, they say, extremists. Here's a guy. He's not white, but he has a Nazi flag. He loves Hitler. He said he's going to kill the president. He actually takes a truck and tries to get it close to the White House. And you're only charging him? Didn't you put grandma in prison for the rest of her life for parading? 
you're going to charge him with destruction of property? Now, I'm not alleging anything because it could just be this is a POC thing. Oh, he's a person of color. He's a minority. He shouldn't be charged. I, I don't know. It could be that uh, everybody in Washington is on drugs. <laughs> They're zombie robots. I don't know. But this isn't right. Something is wrong. And I think all of these stories tie into the same thing. The same thing. You cannot have a justice system and capital police who have been weaponized, who have this guy planning for six months to kill the president, and they let him go on a destruction of property crime when you're putting everyone in jail that you can find claiming they're a white supremacist. You can't, you can't have it both ways. What the hell is going on? I hope to have Jim Jordan or Andy Biggs on with us soon to help us answer some of these questions, or at least hear the questions that they are asking about it. Things are... I think about to come completely undone. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. I'm going to teach uh, the scientific method next. It's very complex. Do that next. Show you how to look at the news. Real estate agents I trust. This may come as a shock to you. I'm not an expert on everything, but I am a doctor. For the love of Pete, Jim, I'm a doctor. There are some areas of my life I am completely clueless about, and one of those used to be how to buy and sell homes. No idea. You look at a bus board or a bus bench, and you're like, that real estate uh, ad says they're the best in the city. I got to call them. Well, uh, that's not what you do. You actually have to have somebody who has a real plan to sell your home, who has a website that is really trafficked. So they already have built up demand. So when your house goes up on that website, there are people looking for a house like yours already. Best practices are what we look for for agents uh, that we can tell you about. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We think they're the best of the very best. If you're looking to move, buy, sell, realestateagentsitrust.com. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code FEDUP. Get 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. So the the job of a conservative is to jettison the things that don't work and save the things that do work. And we tend to be conservative. Let's not be hasty. Let's not move too fast. It requires a balance between a conservative and a liberal, not a progressive. Progressives are just, 
Progressives are some entirely different thing. A liberal is somebody who is a little more, hey, let's push the envelope here. Let's go. You need both sides to be able to thrive as a human, uh, as a company, as a country. They're two wings of a bird. If it only has one wing, it will not fly. Okay? So let's conserve something. It's already been destroyed, but let's see if we can bring it back. And it is called the scientific method. Now, uh, it's kind of a new concept. It just started in the 1600s. And it looks for empirical evidence. It looks for things that are true. Well, whose truth? Well, this is how we find out the truth. It, this is a, a procedure that consists in systematic observation, measurement, and experiment, and then the formulation of a hypothesis. So, I think Glenn is too fat. That's my hypothesis. He's very unhealthy. That's my hypothesis. All right, Glenn, let me measure how tall you are. Now step on the scale. Holy mother, I think my hypothesis is, is correct. Glenn, get on that treadmill. 45 seconds into it, my God, man, it's a, a shock you're even alive. My hypothesis is correct. My hypothesis also, he's not only fat, out of shape, but he's also a male. Glenn, pull down your pants. Jeez, pull him up, please, quickly. He's a male. That's how the scientific method works. Now, if something says, you know, I step on the scale and I'm filled with helium and I'm like 112 pounds, then the scientist goes, holy cow, that doesn't match. My hypothesis is that he's fat and overweight, but he's, he looks overweight, but he weighs 112 pounds. The guy looks like he's 450 pounds. This is how it works. And when it comes back that way, then you have to change your hypothesis. Okay? Otherwise, if you keep going... With all of the facts disproving your hypothesis, you're not scientific. You, you, you don't have any brains. You, you know what you are? Part of a cult or a religious cult because you are denying the scientific fact. All right. So let's go through some of this. Using the scientific method. Let's see who's lying to us. Hillary Clinton has come out and said, Ultra MAGA Florida isn't safe for people of color and LGBTQ+, even Disney. Okay, well, that's quite a charge, and I would like to know if it's not safe for black people, then I am really upset about it. So let's start gathering some evidence. Her hypothesis is Florida is not safe for people of color. Great. Let's look at some of the facts. 
the head of the NAACP has a home there. Okay, well, now, wait a minute. Maybe he's not there, and he just bought a home when it was safe. Okay. The stats show that Florida is the leading state for black businesses and black entrepreneurs. Well, that's weird. Here's another one. That they're banning black history. That's why it's so unsafe. They're banning black history. No, they're going after things like the 1619 Project, which by its own admission is not history. It's a reimagining of history. So, so far, her hypothesis is not going well. Well, they're... They just, they just banned another book. Amanda Gorman's poem that was used at Biden's inauguration has been banned in a Florida school. Associated Press, LA Times, USA Today, MSNBC, Rolling Stone, Politico. Is that true? No. A parent filed a complaint about the hill we climb and uh, it's, uh, uh, and the school K through eight in Miami Lakes took action in response to that complaint. What did they do? Well, they got together, not with some crazy parent, but with teachers, teachers uh, and uh, counselors and went and looked at the book and they reclassified it and said, you know what? It's for middle school. It shouldn't be for elementary. And the book was moved from one part of the library to another part of the library. So, which is telling you the truth? Which, which one is sticking to a false hypothesis that the evidence shows is not true? This has to be done on absolutely everything. Here's a story for you today. Major Journal retracts a study on socially contagious transgenderism among kids. Now, there was a study done on uh, the rapid onset gender dysphoria. That is a hypothesis. The hypothesis there is we think that girls going from gender dysphoria of 0.5% A year later, having it at 30%, we should look into because there's a rapid onset of gender dysphoria, mainly affecting little girls. Why? So they did a study. They uh, talked to 1,655 possible cases from parents, and these parents went to the doctor and their kids are either in you know transition or not whatever but what they found with these uh, parents was the parents were concerned about their children concerned enough to take a non-brief survey about the issues and find out what they thought was going on and their experience with this well they found out a lot that it looks to be social media that is pushing a lot of this that is captivating and changing our children in a really bad way 
So the paper found evidence that youth experiencing rapid onset of gender dysphoria were involved in transgender social media groups and peer groups. It also found youth with mental health problems were more likely to have socially and medically transition than those without. That's the fact. So now this is just one study. But this one study showed the rapid onset of gender dysphoria is real and it's connected to social media. Okay. And mental illness. Well, it was published in a very credible uh, 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 magazine or, you know, uh, a journal. It had been peer reviewed. Once it's published, you get an explosion of people who are on the other side and saying that that is not true. They go and say, we will never publish anything and we will tell everyone who you are, you bigots. If you don't retract and apologize. They did. Now, the way the scientific method works is you look at all of the evidence. Here's one piece. This is stopped now by someone who says you can't even look at that. They don't go to disprove it. They say, take it and burn it. Which. Hmm. Gavin Newsom says that the tar- the Target CEO is uh, going to come for blacks and Asians and Jews and women are the next victim of a systemic attack by white radicals. These are extremists in our community. Now, let's there's this hypothesis. The people that are protesting are the extremists in our society. Okay. I know my wife. She is pretty even keeled. Otherwise, I'd be dead by now. Uh, she's very even keeled. She's not an extremist. And she shops at Target. I know a lot of her friends. They shop at Target. And they were all horrified that satanic transgender crap was being sold right at the front you know where all the halloween candy is when it's halloween for a month target makes this transgender lgbtqi2 plus whatever all of that stuff right at the front including girls swimsuits made for men so they can tuck it now are the people who say, no, 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 no. This is not something as a society we should be. Look, if you want to buy a swimsuit, I'm sure you're an adult. You can go find a swimsuit with the tucket pocket in it. We do not need this in front of the store of, of Target. And we're not, we're not doing any. Your name, by the way, is Target. So don't talk to me about being dangerous with language. We're not saying you know, we're going to burn your store. We're saying we're just not going to shop there anymore. Just not going to shop there. Just like we don't drink light beer anymore, you know, a Bud Light beer anymore. Now, the other extremist is saying, the other side is saying, these are dangerous ex- extremists. That doesn't fit in the bucket. 
Uh, you have to dismiss the evidence of who is saying this. They say it's good for business, but we know they lost share. They lost uh, uh, money on the stock market here just recently, like, like 3%, and they're losing customers. So how is this association with the transgender Satanist, how is this good for business? Well, I have a hypothesis. It is good for business. But see, if you only measure the things that are obvious, you may not be able to see the full picture. How is this good for business? Well, who owns Target? Who are the major shareholders? Here are the top 10 holders of Target Corporation stock. Number one, Vanguard. 9%, BlackRock, 9%, State Street, 8%, Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund, uh, uh, 3%, Wells Fargo, 2.5%, Bank of America, 2.5%, another Vanguard Fund with another 2.5%. It is good for business. These are all the people that are voting with their shares, ESG. And if you have these people owning your company, of course you're going to do that. And you're going to say it's good for business in the long term because they've already made the decision where the American people and the people of the world, where they're mentally supposed to be on issues like this. And it's just a matter of time until we get all of these bigots to accept it. By the way, Ali Suckey's going to be on with me about an hour to talk about this. This boycott, if it stops, you will fail. If it continues and it becomes Bud Light, oh my gosh, you're on the verge of a massive win. More in a minute. Feeling trapped by the amount of credit card debt that you're facing each month? If you're tired of making the minimum payments, only to see the needle barely moving on the actual balance, it's a little stressful. Um, if you own your own home, there may be a smarter way for you to tackle it. This is not right for everybody, but consider unlocking the power of home ownership. See what using you know $10,000, if that's what your credit cards are maxed out at or whatever it is. See if you can use some of the equity that you have in your home to pay that debt off once and for all. You can get from 15 or 20 or 25% interest to 6% interest. Plus, you could end up being able to delay two months of mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. Call American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I lost my dad, oh gosh, almost nine years ago now. And, you know, Father's Day is coming up. And I think about him a lot. You know, he's, he's a blue-collar guy, uh, you know, when he, he worked on cars. And he would bring me, when I was little, to the store where he worked. And I'd hang out in the office and, you know, do whatever I was doing. And I just remember... 
you remember the smell of that room. And every time I go back to get my car fixed somewhere and I go to get new tires or something, I think that same smell kind of takes me back to that place uh, back in those days. My dad was an American giant. He worked hard to make sure that I was taken care of and he took pride in his work. He worked with his hands. Uh, let your dad know how important he is to you. Get him a gift from American Giant. American Giant began 13 years ago by saving a clothing factory in North Carolina from going out of business. Jobs were saved and many more have been created. They're showing that it's still possible to make quality clothing right here in America. The work they do matters. The clothing they make matters. Clothing that's made with American cotton, American workers, and American quality. No matter what type of work your dad does, this Father's Day, let him know that he matters. Let him know that you see him as an American giant. Buy American today at American-Giant.com slash Glenn. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Quality matters. Your dad matters. Father's Day is right around the corner. Go to American-Giant.com slash Glenn. So about a week or so ago, I pick up a book and uh, start reading it. It's called How to Save the West. And um, I just I'm fascinated by it. I'm listening to the first chapter. I'm like, holy cow, this guy is brilliant. And I keep reading it. And I'm about halfway through. And I come into a meeting and I said, we got to get Spencer Clavin on uh, How to Save the West. It's really brilliant. And uh, one of my producers said, oh, I love him. And I said, really? What else has he written or how do you know him? And she said, it's Andrew Clavin's son. <laughs> Andrew, amazing job of raising this boy. Mm-hmm. The logic uh, that he demonstrates and how to save the West, he's on in just about five minutes. You're going to love this. How to save the West it's uh it's deep but really good the glenn back program I talk about all the time how we we know names but we're both so freaked out about names getting it wrong forgetting whatever that we just don't do it we just we're like uh here's a person (laughs) what's their name i don't know ask him i don't know uh and i think a lot of people are like that george washington always felt disadvantaged and was always really weird around people like thomas jefferson who were formally educated and, you know, had gone to university and everything else. Washington was a brilliant man, but he always felt inferior in a room and it bothered him a lot. Uh, I am about to step into a room with one of the smartest guys I've run into. I, I had no idea 
that his father was Andrew Clavin, a very good friend. I had, I didn't even, I, when I looked at the name Spencer Clavin, I, it didn't even register with me. And I'm, I just pick up this book. Um, it was recommended, and so I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. The American, uh, or how to save the West? How to save the West? I've read a lot of these books, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. This thing is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I come in about halfway through the book, and I, I come in and I said to my producers, we got to get Spencer Clavin on. And one of my producers says, oh, man, he is great. I'm so glad. Have you read his book? And I said, yeah. And uh, she said, uh, uh, you know who his dad is, right? And I'm like, no. She's like, Clavin? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I'm a little... I'm just, this could go awry. Stu, you may have to help me out because the guy's brilliant, uh, a little intimidating, but his book is so great and so easy to read and spot on. I'm excited for him to share it with you in 60 seconds. Love working with companies that not only provide the highest level of service, but also are on the same page as the Republic. It's becoming increasingly rare, but one of my favorite companies is Patriot Mobile. Their goal isn't just to give you a cheaper, better experience with a cell phone company, which they do, but they also stand with you in defense of our liberties and our values. Patriot Mobile, they're the only American Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer dependable nationwide service on all three major networks. So you're going to get the best possible service in your area. But they aren't simultaneously helping, you know, abort babies in the back. Here's the thing. Patriot Mobile, you switch over now. They're going to make it really easy to switch. Uh, it will, you will save you money. You're, you're getting the same coverage because they're on the same towers as the big three. So switch and join them in the fight to save the Republic. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there, by the way. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Or call 878-PATRIOT. Offer code Beck. Free activation today. 878-PATRIOT. Spencer, how are you, sir? Glenn, I'm doing so well. It's, uh, it's great to be here. I was listening to you talk about me before the break i was thinking who's this guy he's talking about (laughs) terrifying (laughs) i promise i'm not that scary Uh, i i know we've met before haven't we we met at your dad's house dad and mom's house that's right yeah that's right uh years ago and and i remember thinking boy these parents of this man they are amazing and now reading your book i have to tell you I, i i love your father i love him to death he has you, got to be just beaming with what you have written. This is brilliant, Spencer. Really is. I'm 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 very touched by that. Thank you. I was extremely lucky in both of my parents, my mom and my dad. My yeah. father, of course, disavows all ownership over me, and uh, we like to joke that we're not related to one another. But no, he's <laughs> um, no. I learned a great deal of what I know from him, and in part. I wrote this book um, out of the the love that he instilled in me of, of yeah. great literature and, and of Western sense. So, sure. so let's let's talk about it. Um, you break up the saving of the West into uh, five different categories: the crisis of reality, the crisis of body, the crisis of meaning, the crisis of religion, and the crisis of regime. 
you start with uh, reality and uh, it's just it's so spot on. Can you take us there first? Absolutely. Yeah. Let me say a little bit for a second about what I mean by the word crisis, because uh, I think that's one of the most overused words in the world. You know, you wake up every morning and there's a supply chain crisis and a COVID crisis and any number of other things. And, you know, of course, many of those things are quite serious and, and troublesome. But when I use the word crisis, I'm, I'm drawing on this uh, Greek idea, which is where the word comes from. The Greek verb krino means to judge or to make a decision. And so a crisis, a crisis is a time for choosing. It's a moment of being presented with two fundamentally unreconcilable ways of looking at the world. And so when let me, I let me crisis, hang on just a second. Let me just say to the audience, the whole book is like that. And it's fantastic. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> here I am. This is my jam. No, yeah. I, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this once you start to see this, the reason that the book is is written this way is that once you start to see this, you understand that underneath the kind of daily news cycle stories that we're constantly inundated with, they all feel kind of confusing and disorienting. Um, but that's because we, we haven't really connected ourselves to the deeper questions that are at stake uh, behind some of these things. You know, you hear about things like the metaverse and virtual reality, which is how the book starts. Or you, you hear about, you know, all this new kind of tech and the strange things that are happening. Um, and what this stuff is really doing is it's forcing us to grapple with some of the most fundamental questions that humankind has ever wrestled with. And weirdly, that's kind of good news because it means we're not alone. It means that the, you know, the greatest minds that have ever lived have wrestled and thought with this stuff. We don't have to face it just based on what the CDC or the WEF says tomorrow or Dr. Fauci comes up with five minutes ago. We actually have resources for dealing with this. And the very first question that we are up against when, whenever we start to think about these profound questions is the crisis of reality. And that's, is there anything that is absolutely true and absolutely false, no matter who says otherwise? Um, or is it all just kind of my truth, your truth, and it's sort of how we, how we feel about it? And this is one of the most ancient questions in philosophy. It's how the book begins, because I think it's the first question you have to answer before you can proceed in any sort of meaningful direction. So can you, I mean, you lay out the case so well. Can you give a two-minute uh, version of reality and the collapse of reality and, and what we're really, we should be asking ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. So from the very beginning of Western thought, there has been this temptation to say, well, how can we really know anything that's true or false? And the temptation is always that if you don't you know, have to acknowledge reality. If you don't have to say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman, that, you know, good is good and wrong is wrong, um, then you can do all sorts of things. You can gain all sorts of power over the world by twisting and distorting reality. But the thing that I argue in the book is there is no halfway house on this stuff. People think that they can say, oh, well, it's just my truth and your truth when it comes to, you know, morality. But I want to fight for social justice and I want to believe in the good and the, and the virtuous. Well, the thing about it is if you're talking about, if you want to do anything good or virtuous, you have to believe there's such a thing as goodness and virtue. And that means that there actually is truth. We can know it. And unless we believe that all we are is uh, grappling for power with one another. And, and that's what we're seeing right now. So the crisis of meaning, we have lost meaning of words and of life. Talk about that. Yes. 
That's right. Well, when you talk about meaning, you, you're saying that the words we use aren't just, you know, word games. They're not just for fun. They're actually referring to something outside of ourself, outside of the human body, outside of just our little, you know, minds and the way we happen to want to live our lives. And the reason that this is so difficult for people is that if you're talking about things that are outside of yourself, you're ultimately going to get to the thing that is highest above you, that is most outside of you. That's the supernatural and that's the divine. The divine. And we've been sold this bill of goods that, you know, God and theology, this is a kind of backwards, outdated superstition. Nobody believes in that anymore. Um, and the more we do that, the blinder we become to this whole universe that is still exists. It doesn't stop existing just because we say it's not there. We just don't realize what we're doing. And so we become these kind of blind worshipers of, you know, the science or BLM or whatever we want to bend the knee to. Um, and we don't realize that we've just become pagan worshipers by another name. Um, and so to really recover a sense of meaning that won't enslave us, but will set us free, we've got to let the divine back into our lives. So um, we have just... You know, we see half the country um, and there's a lot of people like, for instance, I think Elon Musk is one of these. You have a lot of really great people who are probably more classical liberals um, that have have looked at things and went, OK, wait, there, there's no evidence. In fact, all the evidence goes in the opposite direction. We got to stop this. And they're not changing. You know, they're not suddenly becoming conservatives. But half of the country is just locked in on things that do not make sense. They didn't make sense in theory. And now we're seeing the fruits of it all across the country. What is happening to them and how do we reconnect? Well, I think that those people that you're describing who are, you know, I would say enthralled to a kind of woke dogma, um, those people are being offered an alternative religion. And it doesn't call itself a religion, but it has all the characteristics of a religion. It involves begging for forgiveness. It involves this Mm -hmm. ultimate kind of quest for apocalyptic utopia where everything is going to come out okay and the world is going to be cleansed in a divine fire. Um, It has all the hallmarks of religion because people are craving, craving something that gives meaning and direction to their lives. And I think that as conservatives, as people that think this stuff doesn't make any sense, we have to recognize that we're not just going to argue people out of this by, you know, presenting them a a budget sheet by saying, oh, the economy is going to go better if you do it this way rather than that way. What we actually have to say is the thing that you're yearning for, the the meaning, the, the significance, the passion that you are yearning for in this woke madness, the reality of it, the truth of it is in the great tradition, is in the divine truths of scripture, is in the great adventure of philosophy. Um, We've got to present this stuff as the joy that it is. And that's cultural, that's spiritual, that's not just political. So I think that the you know, the right and even just normal people that can see this stuff is going terribly wrong. Um, we're going to have to offer a countervailing vision, a vision of the great tradition and the great adventure that we're all on of carrying that flame forward, because that's the only thing that can answer the real needs of the human heart. Spencer Clavin, the name of the book is How to Save the West. Spencer, if you don't mind, hang on for 60 seconds. We'll come back with uh, more uh, with How Absolutely. to Save the West. It's available wherever you buy your books. This half hour is brought to you by Good Ranchers. This summer, 
It's not only time to get up and fire up that grill. It's uh, time to make everybody on the block go, what? Who is cooking? What? That smells. Yeah. Yeah. I like to do it. If I have a neighbor like Stu, vegan, oh, I put my grill right at the fence. Right at the fence. Mm, I'm not for him, but for everybody else in the family that he is depriving. I, I of have those. a grill. I grill all the time. I'm not nice. vegan. I, there's so many mistakes in this analogy. I can't even, I can't cover them. Who are you going to buy? Who are you going to believe? Him or me? That's okay. a good point. You come here because you know who's telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Some of, occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. Anyway, uh, Good Ranchers. <laughs> good Ranchers uh, has American beef from American ranchers. You're going to love this beef. It's so good, so tender. All comes from local farms and ranchers. Uh, ranches. Uh, it also you're doing good by going to Good Ranchers. They donate ten meals uh, for every box ordered. Ten meals to Americans in need. That's over a million meals so far. So you're doing good while you're eating well. You're having great beef, and they have a special thirty dollars off of any box at GoodRanchers.com. Plus, here's the extra added benefit. Uh, you've heard of this thing that is totally transitory called inflation. If the price of beef keeps going up and oh, it will, uh, you've locked in your price. So as long as you're doing business with good ranchers, you lock in your price of the meat right now. American meat delivered to your door. Goodranchers.com. Use the promo code Beck. Save 30 bucks. Goodranchers.com. Promo code Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. Spencer, you're the my favorite kind of intellectual. You don't lord it over anybody's head. And even though there is there is one sentence in your book that I think has three words that I've never heard of before, uh, I I still I get it. You're not talking over people's heads. Uh, you get it. And uh, I, I just I think, you know. Go ahead. I actually did not go to grad school for the purposes of feeling better than everybody else. I think that puts me in a vanishingly small minority. Yeah, yeah, it does. That is, that <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. You're not for us, right? I mean, yeah. you're not spouting knowledge to show everybody how smart you are. You are connecting the dots and telling stories that, you know, most of us haven't learned or we learned a little bit and forgot. Uh, and you've thought deeply about them. And we are at a time. I've been saying this forever we have to define what life is because AI is coming and people will say that's alive. So what do you do? But if it's alive, are you a slave owner by keeping it and we're having it work for you for free? Should it vote if it's alive? I mean, we, we, are, we are going to have to re-answer all of the most basic questions. And I think that's what your book gets to. That's absolutely right. Thank you. Yeah, well, it speaks actually to what you were saying about not lording the, you know, the great books or the canon over people. Um, that's incredibly important to me. That's, you know, really personal for, from my perspective, because these things, these books that sit up on the shelf and we kind of think of them as, you know, big, scary words, Plato's Republic, Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, you know, uh, we treat them as if they're beyond us or even maybe they're kind of, you know, outdated or they're, they're not worth reading. And we've been told this by our kind of cultural legislators, by the people that said, hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go. 
And for me, growing up in a house filled with these books, one thing I really quickly realized is that these great minds are not there to intimidate us. They're mm-hmm. actually our greatest friends in the world. They're mm-hmm. there to teach us about what it means to be human and how to be good at being human. And that's not something for eggheads like me to specialize in. That's something for everybody to care deeply about. We all do. And so when you crack open a book like that, you'll find so much more sanity and common sense oh, yeah. than you will from our kind of modern gurus and, on, on a lot of this. Stuff. And what's amazing is you you find that you are not alone. That yes. I mean, I remember when I first, I had to be 30 when I first started writing, reading Plato I mean, really reading it to learn something. And I was shocked at how relevant it was. It was like, oh, my gosh, I'm struggling with that now. Oh, my gosh, I, I understand that problem. And we, we, we lose that because our history has been so poorly taught that we, we think these things are just incredibly boring. But the answers are all there because these are eternal truths, or at least the search for an eternal truth. Um, Mm. You say um, save, save the West. um, And we are looking at a time where it looks like America could, I mean, just go down at any time. Um, Is there, is there anything about uh, this time that gives you hope that you're seeing that we are different than the past uh, or is it kind of inevitable? You know, this is one of those questions that I have wrestled with myself and I know probably everybody listening to us right now is is worried about this very thing. What's going to happen to us? And a lot of the times this gets framed in terms of like, are you an optimist or are you a pessimist, right? Do you think everything is going to go great or everything is going to go poorly? Mm. And one thing I've realized is that both optimism and pessimism are kind of mistakes because they're predictions about the future. If you're an optimist, you think everything's going to go well. Maybe you don't work hard to preserve the right. great tradition. If you're a pessimist, you think it's going to go badly. Why would you do anything? And so my question always is, where do you put your hope? Where does your hope lie? Because hope is a virtue. It's, it's actually one of the central Christian virtues. And my hope is in this tradition that I am delivering, which has endured both the rising and the falling of great nations. doesn't matter. It's a matter of indifference. What, what ha- doesn't mean it's a matter of indifference what happens in our politics. It just means that the things of the world, which are beyond our control, are going to transpire, you know, whether we choose them or not. That's how it works. What's in our control is the preservation of the Western tradition of virtue, of the small human sized face to face practice of courage, integrity, uh, reason, uh, prudence, these sorts yeah. of things, which people like Plato talk about, they take place at the dinner table. They take yeah. place in neighborhoods. They take place in schools. And that's why we're seeing so much energy in these local communities, even as everything seems to be going terribly wrong on the world stage. The more people invest in their states, in their towns, in their families, in their churches, um, the more we start to see that actually, you know, the West is not some grand narrative that's outside of our uh, understanding or control the west is us Um, i i have to thank you please tell your father he should have laid claim to you and then tell your mother she did a great job of raising you uh it's fantastic fantastic (laughs) um how to save the west you want real answers 
really well thought out answers how to save the west available everywhere the glenn back program brian lives in uh, alabama uh i have to have him back for a podcast you need an hour to listen to him my gosh it's just so well thought out Brian lives in Alabama. Over the past few years, he's been uh, suffering from uh, pain so frequent and debilitating that it has limited his mobility. He was barely able to get around the house, let alone out and, you know, doing a normal daily life. He was beginning to despair. He had tried what he thought was everything uh, and it didn't work or it left him feeling so, you know, non-lucid that uh, he just couldn't take it. Brian heard me talking about relief factor. Decided to try it. What did he have to lose? Turns out what he had to lose was 90% of his pain, he says, in the first three weeks. Brian got his life back, and so could you. The three-week quick start, 1995. It's a trial pack because it's not the same for everybody. Everybody's different. But hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% uh, go on to order more. They find themselves like me. ReliefFactor.com 800-4-RELIEF 800-4-RELIEF ReliefFactor.com Feel the difference Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn Use the promo code FEDUP Save 30 bucks off your annual subscription to Blaze TV I want you to hear um, from CNN, the corporate cost of culture wars. They're asking, should businesses back away from this because what happened to Bud Light and what's currently going on with Target? Listen to the analysis. What advice could you give companies that sort of get swept up in this? Well, um, the issue is who are you beholden to? Are you beholden? You're beholden to many different uh, stakeholders, but in particular, you're beholden to your investors. And uh, investors are not showing, uh, are not pulled back from looking at how companies. Okay. There's uh, a lot more on this, and- but let me just let me stop it there. You're beholden to many stakeholders. Okay, that's ESG talk. And uh, you're really you have to answer to the shareholders. So who are the shareholders of Target? You ready? Vanguard with nine percent. BlackRock, nine percent. State Street, eight percent. Then another Vanguard fund uh, with three percent. Then Wells Fargo, then Bank of America, then another Vanguard 500 index fund. They're only talking about 12 people. You've got maybe 12 people that are really diehard into ESG at the top of these companies. And they're the ones telling these companies, you do this. Good luck with that, Target. Ali Stuckey is uh, with me now from Blaze TV. Um, hi, Ali. Hi. How are you? Um, I know you've been all over this. Um, and it has been shocking I walked into Target last Friday, and I didn't, I didn't know if it had been going on. Apparently, it had just gone up. And I looked at my wife, and I said, we are not shopping here. Yeah. This, is, this is way over the line. Right, right. And apparently, I wasn't alone with that. 
Yeah, you know, some people started boycotting a long time ago. I started boycotting a year ago, so I was even kind of late to the game in some ways. Some people were boycotting when they were allowing men into women's restrooms, which mm-hmm. they were ahead of the game on that. Right. Um, but I started boycotting last year when I saw that they were selling in the name of Pride Month these compression tops, which they're selling again this year, for young girls who want to pretend to be boys, to look like boys. And I just thought there's really no more wicked message than that, that there your is. body is bad, that mm-hmm. God made a mistake with you and we will help you cover up the body that God gave you so that you can pretend to be something else. Like how self-loathing is that? And then now, as you've already talked about, they have the same thing for boys with the tucking swimsuits and all that. And I just said, you know what? I don't boycott everything. I don't divest from every corporation that doesn't agree with all my values, but I'm already spending too much money at Target. Those Target runs end up, you know, racking the bill with things that you don't really need. And I can't spend that much money on a company that is directly a opposing everything that I am fighting for. So I know it sounds difficult, but I stopped shopping there a year ago and I haven't looked back. I have to tell you, uh, I, I think I think if this becomes a Bud Light thing, the entire thing begins to fall apart because Bud Light expected a hit and then turn it around. But if people start to look at Target like I now look at Target right. and go, you are an enemy to yes. my family, yes. Um, then things begin to change. When somebody walks into the kitchen with a Target bag and somebody else says, you shopped at Target? Right. That's when it's over. Yep, absolutely. And they just took it a step too far, even for the people who are like, okay, I can tolerate the rainbows. That's fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. one segment, whatever. But when you're talking about bathing suits meant to cover up male genitalia for um, pretty young boys it looks like depending on you know the product that you're looking at i mean really if you're associating with that and i just want to say because it's really suburban women suburban moms that are propping up target and i would say a lot of christian women a lot of women go there specifically for chip and joanna's magnolia line that's another one yes. people should be writing to chip and joanna and saying Are you seeing what's going on? How can you remain silent with a partner that is doing this? I mean, I know they have contracts and it, you know, something you walk away from, but you should at least speak out. Right. And, you know, they're, it's not like they don't speak out about other things because a few years ago, after the whole George Floyd debacle, they did make statements about, you know, the dangers of racism and white supremacy and doing better and doing the work. So they're okay with speaking out about some social justice issues. But guys, you have represented yourself as strong Christians, as defenders of the Christian faith and family and family. And so at this point, I do think that their silence is strange. Yeah. So do you think this is something that we've seen the biggest part of? Or do you think this becomes a Bud Light thing? I think that as long as those of us who have a microphone or anyone who has influence, whether it's small or large, continues this, continues to double down, don't take their little statements. They're moving the segments to other parts of the store as, oh, we won. No, you double down. I'm asking people at least for the month of June. And I know some people think that they are totally dependent on Target. And that's another conversation for another day. At least for the month of June, women. Christian women, suburban moms, do not shop at Target, at least for the month of June. I think that can make a difference. I, I will tell you, um, they will wait it out. Um, but Bud Light is now six weeks into it. Is that right? Six, seven weeks? Yes. Six seven. weeks. Mm-hmm. And they're down 30% or 29% now. 
and they're freaking out now. They expect us because we don't do this. They expect us just to go along. And I, I think there's we've hit a turning point in all of this um, to where people uh, with Bud Light, they were. It doesn't make sense that we didn't do anything about Nike. And yet here comes Bud Light. And all of a sudden, there's something that has happened in the minds of Americans. Yeah. And I'm hoping that this is the next shoe to fall, because if it happens to target and Bud Light, the number one beer in America, it happens to those two. It will put all corporations on Nord notice. Something's changed. We're not they're not going to take it. Mm -hmm. Look, the idea of boys being able to come become girls and vice versa and all of the bodily mutilation that we've seen come from that, whether you consider yourself an independent or whether you're a Christian or not, that's just too far for people. I mean, obviously, yeah. as a Christian, I'm for traditional marriage and all of that. But even just for the non-religious, non-conservative person, the idea of a little boy being told to talk is just too far. It's insanity. And I think that's why. I think that's why it's changed this year. I think that's why there's more vitriol and because there's a lot of disgust and a lot of depravity it's, it's that just, people don't want to be is, a part of. It's evil mm -hmm. it's evil and it is it is so it is a slap against the face of every woman every girl to bind would, would anyone go to a place that was like hey women you should bind your feet like they used to in in uh, china right no we know that's horrible you now want to bind women's breasts this is this is so far over the line that uh, and, yeah. and then on top of it, the fact that they are doing business with a designer who is a Satanist and has no problem saying it. And some of his designs are like, uh, what was it? Satan. Uh, Satan respects pronouns. Yeah. Also murderous things of like uh, times up for homophobes or a homophobe headrest, which was actually a picture of a guillotine. guillotine. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a murderous person that the people at Target were like, yes, we want to partner with you. I can't believe how deeply it goes because yep. that's not that's not just a corporate decision to say, hey, let's get into the LGBTQ because of the the S in ESG. No, no, no. This is a fundamental problem in target. If your company has now started to bring Satanists in known Satanists, and you're selling their product that talks about Satan, you've got a deep, deep problem at the core of you. And by ignoring it, it doesn't get better. It will only get worse. Don't. Do not shop at Target. Don't. Tell everybody you know. Don't. I'm telling you, this is a big moment. If we actually take this moment seriously and start drawing lines in the sand and saying, no, you might make all your money on Wall Street, but you will not make it from me. You'll change the world. You'll change the world. Yes, and amen. Keep the uh, keep the fight going. Thank you. You Thank too. You. you bet. Uh, all right. Our sponsor this half hour is Goldline. We are looking at. Stu was saying earlier today on the on the Ron DeSantis uh, Twitter thing last night that they were talking about 
the central bank digital currency mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, where he stood on this. And they were mocking it. Yeah, the, the New, New York, York Times, Times. Mocking the idea that they would even discuss something like that. Like, it's crazy. I mean, who doesn't, if you have your eyes open just a little bit, by the way, count yourself uh, uh, way ahead of everybody else. I think this audience is more prepared for what is coming down the road than any other audience, maybe in the world, because you've had your eyes open for a long time. Um, Now, when it comes to a digital currency, I'm not saying it's the mark of the beast, but I'm not not saying it either. Uh, It'll be the technology that the beast will use. uh, And it will any change in our currency, you will lose well, historically, you lose between 40 and 60 percent of your dollar just changing currencies out. Could be worse because we're losing the world's reserve currency. What are you doing to have money in the end? If you have investments that you are saving for your retirement or whatever, would you please consider putting some of that in gold or silver? I'm not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to consider it. Goldline has their historic $5 Indians and Liberty coins. You can ask them why I buy them. These are the ones I buy. They come with 100 free copper Mayflower rounds. Each qualifying tube or box of historic $5 gold coins gets the 100 free copper Mayflowers. Uh, you just go to Goldline at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, you sick, twisted freak. Get up, my phone. Welcome to the program. I'm glad you're here. I'm not, I don't mean that to you, Stu. I, thought I was looking at you when I said it. I, I didn't Thank mean you. it to you. I appreciate that. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think about that? You mentioned earlier that you went through a monologue on the scientific method and mm-hmm. applying it to news gathering and what's the truth and what narrative is going to be true. And I think now it is so easy. Now, it, it maybe. Eight years ago, it wasn't mm-hmm. because everything was a hypothesis. Let's reimagine the police. Okay, no, it's not going to work. <laughs> right. But it was my word against your word. Now we have the evidence. Now we know. So everything that is happening right now, you can look at the look at the scientific method, which is if you look at every every story that you see as a hypothesis, then you gather the facts. And you gather the facts and you'll see really quickly. Uh, no, that story's not true. And the honest people then change the hypothesis because the scientific method proves that hypothesis wrong. This is the problem with our society. Everybody's doubling down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Crime is through the roof. What are they doing? Doubling down. Why? Based on what evidence? Your evidence, your hypothesis was we can help people. No, you're getting people killed and robbed and raped. We know that. So you got a new hypothesis. I'm less like likely to listen to you this next time. But do you have a new one? Because the old one you're still operating on 
is wrong. Is wrong. I think looking at the news through that lens is really helpful. Because we often, I think, just kind of go into our own our own little uh, circles and talk to people. But like you don't, I mean, you know, the average person doesn't sit around and like analyze every motivation behind every news story. That's not supposed to be their job. The, the media is supposed to be there to, to serve people and to help them understand things. Instead, it winds up being the opposite. They're trying so, to hide the truth from right. people. So let's just go with this. This Fox News banner right now, Democrats mock GOP hearing on gas stove ban. The GOP, their hypothesis is you're banning gas stoves. Mm-hmm. The GOP or the de- the Democrats are saying that's ridiculous. Well, let's see if the GOP hypothesis is correct. What do you have? 14 states that are now banning all new construction of gas stoves. You have the federal government and the EPA trying to pass regulation and get things done because they say it's indoor pollution. Well, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, how how is that their hypothesis <laughs> is right the gop the hypothesis of the democrats mocking and saying that's ridiculous is clearly wrong yeah and it's funny too because there's just this like trail of these narratives that they often bump into each other like the narrative of this is a conspiracy theory is from 2 months ago when this all started they said it was a conspiracy theory of course we're not going to do that well in the interim States like New York have come out and banned gas stoves and new construction. Correct. Right. So California, California, they're either moving or have done it. So now this old narrative whose time has run out is still being repeated by the left. And you can tell the hypocrisy very easily because they're doing both of them at the same time. And so this should build on itself. Like you said, they're connected. This should build on itself. Once you see, oh, that hypothesis is wrong. Wait a minute, that that hypothesis earlier also mm-hmm. wrong. And then you said the same thing about this one and that was wrong. Then you tie it together and you know what source to yeah. go to. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't be trusting the source. Yeah, anymore. this source is unreliable. Unreliable. And they just they and look, I think right I think they're correct in this, unfortunately. But I think they just assume people won't do that work. And you shouldn't have to do that work. But you know if you don't, you will get taken by a bunch of people who want to take you. May God forget all of us who are exchanging our convenience uh, for the death of our country. You, it, it's time, gang. We're no longer playing a game here. You, you have to choose what is most important in your life. If freedom for your children is important, and I put that right at the top, that's how I prioritize my time. What you have been doing clearly isn't working. So now, my hypothesis is we should get engaged. The Glenn Beck Program.